Welcome to another episode of Faithfully Unscripted, the show that gives the real life stories on how to navigate our faith when our humanness gets in the way. I'm your host, T. Charday, and today we are going to be talking about faithfully unpacking, okay? Now, when I started thinking about this topic, my mind went straight to Erica Badu's Bag Lady. If you haven't heard it, Google it. It's a great song. But if you know the song, there's a verse in there where she's saying, like, pack light. Pack light. And it's just such a good song. Like, y'all have to go look at it. But we are going to be talking about the concept of unpacking, okay? So, I am always in some type of situation where this personally relates to me. So for me, I want to ask you guys, have you ever overpacked your suitcase when you travel? Like I do it every single time. Okay. I, and it's not even like, I don't know where I'm going. It's not even about that y'all. It's the honest fact that I never know what I'm going to wear or what I want to wear until I get up. Like, so even if I'm going on a four day trip, I will take like two sets of clothes per day because, I mean, how do I know if I'm going to feel like being cute that day or just wanting to lounge around? Like, and yes, I do check the weather, but this is not a weather thing. It's more about how I feel every day. So I am constantly overpacking and it's actually really embarrassing. I really need to work on that. (laughs) But I do it every single time I travel. And yes, I've also been the lady who's had to throw away her favorite stuff at airport security, trying to, you know, pack everything in that bag so I can get it through. So it's like, it's not even about like not knowing where I want to go. It's just, I never know what I want to wear. Or there are a lot of cases too, when I travel, I usually pack something so often that I just naturally bring it with me, even though I won't need it. Right. So There's some stuff that y'all, you just don't need at every trip. Like you just don't need it. But sometimes you get in the habit of packing the same thing over and over. So you really don't think much about it. It's just like a habit. So we want to talk about unpacking. Okay. So of course, we're going to talk about the definition of unpack. The dictionary defines unpacked as to open and remove the contents of. So It basically is where you are removing something that you don't need or to really remove something, right? Something that is maybe unnecessary and maybe you thought you needed it, but you actually didn't need it. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about unpacking, okay? So we're going to talk about unpacking in several different ways. And the first one that I want to talk to you about relates to a very, very popular story, which can be found in Joshua 6. Always, always look at the Bible and read the Bible for yourself. Don't ever take anybody's word for it. There's tons of translations. So please just grab a Bible and look it up for yourself. But we're going to be talking about the walls of Jericho. Okay, so the backstory on the walls of Jericho. Joshua and the children of Israel are headed to the very first city that they are going to take over. But this city is surrounded by this massive wall, right? So the children of Israel, of course, they have an army. And typically when you fight a battle or you are about to overtake a city, you think about what? You think about having army men. You think about having warriors with gear and helmets and and weapons and Uh, shields and swords and all these things. So when we talk about unpacking, God really had to unpack a mindset and literally the gear 
for these soldiers in order for them to take over Jericho. So if you read Joshua 6, God gives these warriors and he gives Joshua some very interesting instructions, okay? Now talk about unpacking. God tells the children of Israel in Joshua to don't worry about their weapons. Don't don't bring what you normally bring. So I want you to unpack your weapons for this battle. And I want you to march around a city one time for six days. And don't make any any words. Like don't say anything. I don't want you to talk. I just want you to march around this city one time for six days. Okay. Now, first of all, you have to imagine that the soldiers are like, what? You want me to do what now? Didn't you just say we needed to overtake this city? How in the world are we going to overtake a city by marching around the wall one time for six days? That just sounds crazy. Okay, so you can imagine the soldiers. I can literally see them unpacking their gear and unpacking everything that they're used to in doing something that looks absolutely crazy, okay? Now, this is the even crazier part. If you continue reading Joshua 6, not only were they instructed to march around the wall one time for six days, but on the seventh day, the priests were going to have some ram's horns. And their next instruction was on the seventh day, when the priests blow into the ram's horns, God instructed everybody to shout and the shouting and the horns. I don't know which one was doing what, but the combination of those two things is what is going to make the wall collapse. And once that wall collapses, you'll be able to take over Jericho. Now, time out. (laughs) I know that this is 2024. So like this sounds crazy to me in 2024. So, of course, we know this how the story goes. And yes, this actually works. But can you imagine the soldiers getting this crazy nonsense of instructions? Can you imagine Joshua having to tell the soldiers like, hey, dog, y'all have been so good fighting all these battles up until this point. Um, But what I'm about to tell y'all, like, I know it's going to sound crazy, but this is what God said. So this is what we're going to do. I have a feeling that Joshua was uncomfortable sharing this news. I also have a feeling that the soldiers were uncomfortable receiving this news. Like, I'm sure everybody was on edge. Like, this sounds crazy. Like, is God okay up there? Like, what what in the world is going on? Why would he tell us to do something so crazy? Okay? However, if you read the story, despite all that they knew, Despite all the ways they have been trained to fight in battle, despite all the things that they've overcome, and despite what they're usually used to, God had to have them unpack their gear. So they traded their weapons and all that for trumpets to take down a wall. And talk about unpacking. That was absolutely crazy. Now, if you continue to read the story, I'm sure that the warriors were uncomfortable, were scared. Maybe they thought Joshua didn't hear God clearly. You know, if I was marching around this wall, I would have been like, what if what if Joshua was wrong about this? Does God like is he trying to like make us look stupid out here without a weapon? You know, I'm sure everybody was very confused by these instructions. But sure enough, because they followed what God said, that is exactly what happened. They marched around that wall. One time for six days on the seventh day, 
the priest blew the ram's horns and everybody just shouted as loud as they could. And believe it or not, the walls actually collapsed. And that is how the children of Israel captured Jericho. So if that's not unpacking, (laughs) I don't know what is. Okay, now that's not the only story about someone unpacking. All right. So when we talked about the walls of Jericho, we were really just talking about physically unpacking something. Right. The soldiers had to unpack what they were used to so that they could go into a new season of life and to take claim on what God had promised them. So that was a physical unpacking. Now, this next story in the Bible that we're going to talk about is an actual mental unpacking. And this story, we're going to talk about Naaman and how Naaman gets healed in 2 Kings 5. So let me tell you the backstory about Naaman. Naaman was a like an honored general in the army, okay? He was a like had a lot of power, had a lot of authority, had a lot of gifts. I mean, he was the man back in his time. And despite his status and all the power that he had, he struggled with leprosy. And just like everybody else, we all have struggles, okay? So it's not uncommon for people in positions of power to have struggles, okay? Now, during this time in the season that we're speaking of, having leprosy was a big deal. Now, I'm assuming that he was able to cover up his leprosy with all of his armor that he had on, but it definitely was something that he was probably ashamed of. So Naaman had leprosy and he was struggling to figure out how to be healed. So one of his servants, a servant girl, told him about going to get help. So he said, hey, there's a guy who is healing people from the the um, illnesses that they have. Maybe you should go find this guy and see if he will heal you. So Naaman's like, okay, at this point, I'm willing to try to do whatever. So Naaman goes out. He goes out. He actually like writes a letter to a king. And the king is like, I don't know anything about this. But Elijah, the prophet, heard about Naaman and Elijah said, you know, I will, God will heal him. So Naaman has this regular mindset of being in all power. And typically, whenever a wealthy person tries to go get something, he usually brings gifts and lavish things and money and all the things just as a kind of gift to be like, thank you so much for healing me, right? So Naaman was used to bringing gifts and all that because that's what people did in this culture during this time. So he was very used to kind of how things work. And because he was so powerful, he had the position and he had the wealth to do this. So he brought all these gifts and all these wonderful things to Elijah when he arrived to get healed by him. So when he got to Elijah's house, Elijah the prophet didn't even come out to greet him. He didn't even come out and lay his hands on him. He didn't make this miraculous scene. Elijah didn't even come and get the gifts that he brought him. So if you can imagine in that time, if a very powerful man of authority comes to your house with gifts, it has to be some type of disrespect for someone not even to acknowledge him. So Naaman was in his feelings. Like even though he came to get cured from his uh, illness, Even though he came to get a miracle, he had his own perception on how he was supposed to be healed. 
He was used to people bowing down at his feet. He was used to people, you know, acknowledging his power. And so when Elijah didn't even bother to come out to him, Naaman was offended, <laughs> okay? Like, I don't know what Naaman thought was going to happen, but when Elijah didn't come out, he said, and I'm, I'm interpreting this, he was like, what do you mean Elijah's not coming out to greet me and to heal me? This is crazy. I done brought all this stuff out here and you're not even going to bother to even greet me? So Naaman is in his feelings. So he gets ready to leave. He says, "Uh, what is happening? Why is this guy not coming out here? And the only thing Elijah sent a servant out to tell him in order to get healed from leprosy, you need to go into the water, go into the Jordan, and you need to dip into the Jordan. And once you dip into the Jordan, you'll be healed. So not only was Naaman feeling like he was being disrespected because Elijah didn't bother to like touch him or have this miraculous experience for him. He was also instructed to go get in some dirty water. Who wants to do that? Okay. Naaman is not like some regular guy. He is a powerful general. Okay. He is not somebody that you would see dipping in the water to get healed from leprosy. So no matter how bad Naaman wanted to be healed, he had an ego problem. <laughs> his pride and his ego was not only letting him not do what Elijah had told him, he was about to turn around and not even get healed, okay? So he was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm about to turn around because this is crazy. So as he gets ready to leave, one of his servants says, hold on, Naaman. This man is not even asking you to do a whole lot. The only thing he's asking you to do is to go dip into the Jordan River. And once you do that, you'll be healed. Why is this such a problem? If someone had asked you to do something really big and complicated, you would have done it. So why don't you want to do this? Naaman almost missed his healing because he had too much pride, first of all. He had too much pride and also his ego. He just was like, I'm, uh -uh, I don't want that. But luckily, he had someone around him that said, hold on, let's think about this. I know this sounds silly, but if this simple act is going to heal you from leprosy, why not do it? So luckily, after listening to his servant, Naaman does decide to go ahead and dip into the water. And sure enough, he got healed. So this story of unpacking is a little bit different because Naaman had to unpack his ego he had to also have some humility to do something that looked foolish in his own mind. So unpacking, guys, when it comes to different seasons, unpacking can look like a lot. It can look like a physical unpacking, and it could also be a mental unpacking. It could be your ego. It could be your pride. You might have to be a little bit humble to get into your next season or the next place that God wants to send you. So let's talk about some of the things that you may have to unpack for your next season. Of course, I'll share some personal things that I've had to unpack for sure. Um, and let's start off with that. You know, I always want this podcast to be as authentic as possible. So let's talk about all the things that I've had to unpack. <laughs> the first thing I could think of, the biggest, one of the biggest things I had to unpack was actually where I live. So I am born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. My whole family is there. Like, that's just all I know. I know Nashville like the back of my hand. Well, 
not as much because it's changed so much over the years. But Nashville is my comfort zone. I I lived there. I grew up there. I went to college there. I had a whole career there after college. And that's what I knew. So when it was time for my husband and I to buy a home in 2020, Nashville was the only option. There was no, oh, let's move out of town. Oh, let's move to another state. No, Nashville was the only option. I refused to look anywhere else. So when we started looking, I mean, the houses were all taken. Like, it was such a popular city. And not only that, but it looks like everybody was trying to buy houses during the pandemic, which I thought was crazy. But I promise you guys, when we started looking at houses, we started in Nashville. So we have a family of six. So we needed a lot of things. We needed a yard. We needed a garage. We needed a safe place for our kids to play. We needed so much. And Nashville just did not have it. So we started looking in Nashville and we didn't find anything there. And then, y'all, I promise, (laughs) it's like we had a map. And every city kept getting further and further and further away from Nashville. And I was starting to get uncomfortable. (laughs) I didn't want to live outside of Nashville. I don't even go any other places. Like, now I was thinking, okay, Madison, Goodlessville, you know, like these are cities around Nashville, Mount Juliet, Hermitage. You know, I don't mind that. These are all like 20 to 30 minutes outside of Nashville. So I was comfortable with that. But when I told y'all that we just had, we kept going further and further and further till we finally ended up in Clarksville, Tennessee. Like what? (laughs) I was just like, God, you have got to, you've made a, you've made a mistake somewhere because I don't even know anything about Clarksville. Like I don't, I don't go there. Like it's like the middle of nowhere to me. It feels like no man's land. No offense to Clarksville. I've been here for almost four years now. But at the time, oh my God, I had to unpack where I thought I was supposed to live. And of course, when we got to Clarksville, we found the perfect house with rooms for all of our kids with a humongous backyard on a like the end of a street. So we have a corner lot and it's just, it's like everything. It's everything I didn't even know I needed. But for me in that season, I had to unpack the mindset of where I thought I needed to live. I thought if I didn't live in Nashville, that I wasn't living life, you know? And if I hadn't have unpacked that mentality and that expectation that I have for myself, I probably wouldn't have this house. Who knows where we would have ended up? But I had to unpack that. I had to unpack an expectation that I had about where I was supposed to live. And this house is amazing. There's no way I would have found this house in Nashville. And y'all, when I tell y'all I am an hour away, like it is a legit hour. And yes, I still travel back and forth to Nashville. So I'm not like super far away. But it was really hard for me to move to Clarksville. Like it feels like an island. And it sounds really silly because I live so close to Nashville. I can always drive down. But y'all, I tell you what, that was a hard unpacking season for me because I didn't want to live anywhere, anywhere else. And had I not unpacked the expectation that I had for myself at that time, I wouldn't have this house. So I also want to talk to you about that unpacking season as well, because when God asks you to unpack something in your life, it's not always just for you. What if I had turned down this house? What about the impact that my refusal to unpack the mentality that I had? What if that, how that would have impacted my children? 
Like, do you really? I don't think I could sleep at night knowing that my decision to not unpack my expectations would negatively impact my family. I had to let go of what I thought was important to me and I thought I desperately needed to have so that I could support my family and my children. And that's very important to me. So sometimes when God asks you to unpack something that feels uncomfortable, for that season, I had to think of the bigger picture. And luckily, I was able to unpack the expectation of where I was going to live. Okay? So that's an, uh, one example of my personal unpacking season. I have so many. I feel like God unpacks me all the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, so. A more recent unpacking situation that I'm in right now or just recently left was unpacking uh, friendships and affiliations to other people. So true story, I was a part of a women's organization that I thought was like the best thing ever. And it was great. It was a, a great, fantastic uh, season in my life. I made some some amazing connections that I still have to this very day. Um, but at one point last year, I had to unpack my desire and what I thought I needed to be successful in my career as a business professional. And it was really hard for me. It's something that I didn't even want to unpack, right? We're talking about unpacking, but this unpacking story, you guys, I didn't want to do this. I did not want to no longer be a part of this affiliation because I felt like I needed it to be successful. I felt like I needed it. I needed what it offered me. Um, and it was a true test of my faith because it was it was very hard. It was very hurtful and painful to me. And so I say that to say that sometimes unpacking hurts, y'all. It's not as easy as just taking out an extra pair of pants. Sometimes God asks you to unpack things that you no longer need. It doesn't serve the purpose for where you're headed. And maybe the season that I was in at the time, it was very necessary for me to have. But it, it hurt. And it, it still hurts sometimes because it's something that I, I really, really loved and I I just didn't understand, like, God, why did you send me to this only to tell me to unpack it, to to let go of it? And it was really hurtful for me. And what I'm determining now, because it's been a couple months now, when I think about this unpacking season, I've decided that whatever I needed to have at that period in my life, I got it. I got exactly what I needed from that season. And God had me unpack the idea that I couldn't live without this organization, that I wouldn't be successful if I wasn't attached to these powerful people and this this powerful group of women. And God had to say, you, you can, you're going to be just fine without that. You don't need that anymore. You can let that go. And it was very hurtful and it was very hard for me to do. So sometimes packing hurts um, and I'm OK. I'm on the other side of that unpacking just the, and I'm okay. And things are okay. Yes, it still hurts sometimes, but the person that I am and whatever tools I had in that season, I have those for the next chapter in my life. So just know that sometimes it, it may, uh, it may hurt a little bit to unpack, but you will still overcome it. So those are some of the unpacking seasons that I've experienced. Um, <laughs> the last one I'll share personally is my season that I'm in right now, y'all, like what I'm doing right now, I have had to unpack my ego. 
Have you, has God ever sent you somewhere to a new season where none of your old stuff even mattered anymore? If you've ever felt like that, that's where I am right now. I am in a true season of unpacking my identity, unpacking the things I was great at. And I'm in a brand new season right now in my life that I've never been in. So sometimes unpacking, I feel like naming sometimes because I was in one season of my life, I was like this big business owner, like this, you know, you got this going on, you're doing all these things. And in this new season that I'm in, it feels like none of those things are applicable. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh yeah, great. You were really awesome back then, but it's 2024 and now you're in a brand new season. So my ego is unpacked daily because where I was like at the top of my game in one industry, because I moved to a new industry, I am now right back at the bottom. (laughs) Like at the bottom as in I've never done this before. I don't know what any of this this terminology means. I, I don't know anything about this industry. I am literally having to start over in a brand new season. Um, and it's tough, y'all. It's tough. So my being able to be humble and be a student after you've been a teacher for so long, oh my gosh, y'all. It has been, it has been an interesting journey for me right now. And talk, and I'm having to unpack. I'm having to unpack everything I thought I knew about myself. I'm having to unpack uh, the way that I used to live my life day to day, like getting up at this time. I have a completely different life than I had a couple months ago. And it's rough out here in these unpacking streets. So anybody tells you that it's easy, they are not telling you the truth. But I am definitely in an unpacking season. God has had to tell me, or in and show me and sometimes like pry it out of my hands <laughs> that the things and some of the contents in my life, some of the lifestyles that I had, some of the decisions that I made in my old season are not applicable to where I'm headed. And I had to let those a lot of those things go. And it's been really hard for me. So pray for you, girl. I'll pray for you guys, too, as we try to unpack all the things that God is like. Nope, you don't need that. Nope, you don't need that anymore. <laughs> Cause see, I'm sure he's doing it to you guys as well. So let's talk about your next season. What are some things that God's asking you to unpack? Okay. He might be asking you to unpack some of your trauma. Maybe you have some trauma. You have some uh, family issues, or maybe you have some insecurities that God needs you to unpack. He might be asking you to unpack your comfort zone so you can grow. He might be pushing you into a new season. And in order to push you, you have to be stretched, you know, and it's uncomfortable. But maybe he wants you to unpack something that you are so used to, you know. So think about what are some things that God is asking you to unpack so you can be your best self in your next season. It could be friends. It could be mindsets. Maybe it's habits. You know, you know, I started working out last year and y'all, I have not worked out at all this year and it's it's going into March. <laughs> and I feel like last season, God was like, yo, I got you this trainer. You need to get your body together. You need to get your mind right because your next season, you're going to be doing a lot of movement. And or I don't even know why God told me to start do, um, working out. It could have been that I was going to be traveling a lot. Maybe God knew I was going to be in a different season, like with my career. And so maybe I needed to build up the good habits in my old season. So I'm in my new season now and it wouldn't destroy me. But I have not worked out in a minute and I need to do that. 
And that's something that God told me to do last year. When I got my trainer, he was like, I need you to unpack being unhealthy because where we're headed, you're going to have to be healthy. And I was like, okay, God, you know, and it was cute to have my little cute workout game. And I haven't been to the gym and I haven't worked out at all this year. So I'm struggling to unpack a lot of unhealthy eating habits. So there's so many things that God will have you do in one season and then tell you to let go of in another season. And so when we talk about unpacking, the one thing I really want to tell you is that whatever God is telling you to unpack right now, it doesn't mean that they're not necessary. It just means that wherever you're going, they're not applicable right now. Does that make sense? Um, it doesn't mean that those tools won't be used because everybody gets something every season of their life. But sometimes you don't need to carry those same things because in the next season that you're in, maybe it doesn't require that, you know? Can you unpack how you thought your life was supposed to be to be okay with where you are today? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. I can't even answer that. (laughs) What about some of the weapons that you had in your old season? Can you unpack the weapons that you needed in an old season so you don't look foolish in a new season? Think about some of these things, you know? I mean, because it can be it can be life changing. You know, when we talk about Naaman, if Naaman hadn't have unpacked his ego, he would still have leprosy. So what are some things that you need to unpack? And there is a silver lining about this. Okay, we've been talking about a lot. And I know this has been kind of a full episode, but I really want you to really think about your life. And what I want to say, you know, we started talking about Erica Badu's song, Bag Lady, which I hope y'all have Googled by now. But I just want to add one more thing. The last thing I want to say to you is that when I think about packing light, is that you have room for more things, okay? So here's an example. When I travel and I don't pack the unnecessary outfits, I have room for souvenirs, (laughs) which are also my favorites. So when you think about unpacking in your life, God may have a brand new gift for you that you need to make space for, okay? So yes, unpacking can be hard, but I want you to get excited as you unpack to go through life. Because maybe if you get rid of some things that you no longer need in your life, you're actually making space for God to give you brand new blessings and brand new tools and brand new skill sets and brand new people. So sometimes letting go is actually can be kind of exciting and rewarding. So I want you to get excited about unpacking in this season because who knows what God has for you in your next season. Thank you so much for listening to Faithfully Unscripted today. Before we go, please show some love by leaving us a review. Make sure that you follow us so you don't miss the next episode. And don't forget that wherever you're going, if God asks you to pack light, get ready to let go of some things and pick up some new ones.